It means providence or fate. But it's specifically about relationships between people. I think it comes from Buddhism and reincarnation. It's an inyan if two strangers even walk by each other in the street and their clothes accidentally brush because it means there must have been something between them in their past lives. If two people get married, they say it's because there have been 8,000 layers of inyan over 8,000 lifetimes. All right, hello and welcome to this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. It's going to be a silly edition, we can tell. Chapin's already laughing. Um, guys, can you feel it in the air? I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Well, it's the fixie season. <laughs> Referring to fixie season. It's here, guys. It's officially here. We're going to start watching some movies that uh, not only us, but critically are going to be talked about for fixie contention. And today we're going to kick it off with 2023's Past Lives. It is a directorial debut from Celine Song. It is a sort of sliding doors, what if type of movie, which I think cinematically that concept, concept, concept lends itself to. But it's also something we never really discussed on this podcast. Um, I'm curious how you guys, what you guys think of that. Um, premise for movies of you know if you had done this or if you had done that um do you like that in films and is it something that you kind of believe in in your own life yeah i mean it's a it's a perfect cinematic convention i i do not believe it in my own life but i also think you kind of got the concept wrong jeremy i think the idea that they explore in this movie is not necessarily like a sliding doors idea but the idea that um you are, you have these sort of destined moments, which I think you're, this is what you're talking about, but those sort of overlap in these, in these sort of, um, you know, uh, what's the, what's it, what's that called when you're born over and over again, when you have many, Re- many different reincarnation, lives. right? It, it, during reincarnation, the Koreans believe, I think in this idea that, you know, you, you've crossed paths in all these different places and that kind of, all that stuff kind of adds up. Until you've everywhere found all true at once. love. Oh God! Now I hate what, what that movie's about too. Uh, Lee, what are your thoughts on that sort of concept? Um, I mean, <laughs> yes, I think simply it is. It's great for cinema, like you like you guys said. It just it lends itself to very structured storytelling, character development, all of those things. Um, I think on a on a like a not on kind of a um, literal level i think that the like sliding doors thing is real just in the fact that like the decisions we make do impact 
like the path that we end up on and that can be big or small but it's not necessarily as like um i don't know metaphysical i think as like movies will suggest i think it's just very much a product of like our how we live our lives and i think what this movie kind of does nicely is rather than giving you like alternate realities right it just basically continues on the path and allows you to kind of sit with the uh the question that these characters continue to ask themselves kind of the what if yeah um and I like that a lot too, just because I think that is much more subtle and much more sophisticated than just simply using the convention, um, which is to say nothing about any of the movies that do. I just think in this case, it does it very smartly. It basically like takes this moment in time and shows you how it not only shaped these characters' lives, but essentially like shaped their relationship with each other. Yeah, and, and I think it I think it elevates the concept because well to give you a little to give the audience a little backstory and I think we're going to have some spoilers I guess throughout um but I'm going to go with her English name Nora um she uh is an immigrant from South Korea she immigrates when she was 12 years old and she has a little crush friend um Sung, who she kind of leaves behind suddenly and then 12 years later they get back in touch via the internet which is a very realistic sort of thing and then 12 years after that uh he visits new york city and they um they're able to see each other in person for the first time in 24 years um making this sort of uh uh immigrant story and a story about leaving a a very significantly different past life makes it a bit more uh, thought-provoking in that, like, of course this character is going to not necessarily even long for what she left, but wonder because it's such a different life about where where her life would have gone and this and that. Is there regrets in her new life and the life she has in New York? In that sort of thing. And I think that sort of elevates the concept of this a bit. And of course, we can talk about how it plays out and how the filmmaking is, um, you know, moving forward. But I think that is an interesting aspect of this. And it's also a very American aspect of this story because, you know, obviously America is known for the many, many immigrants, you know, coming over years and years to make the country what it is. I don't think it's any, um, you know, it, it wasn't a coincidence that they, you know, took the time to go and see the Statue of Liberty um, in the three days they had together. Uh, so I don't know. I'll, I'll let you guys springboard off of that, but I'm curious if you <clears throat> you had those thoughts watching this. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Jeremy, because you're always looking at the American dream, the kind of like, American fabric and everything, which I, I like a lot. And I think um, if you look, if you read a little bit about this director, uh, Celine Song, you, you can tell that this is like basically an autobiography. She, and it felt that way, right? At yeah, times. yeah, yeah. She she uh, emigrated from 
uh, Korea. She uh, to Canada and then I think now lives in New York with her Jewish husband and who's also a, a, a playwright. And I, I think, you know, I love that aspect of this, you know, this the autobiographical stuff. You can kind of feel it while you're watching it. Um, but to me, I think what really stood out for me and I think it happens in the like late in the third act is the I this idea that you are you know as you sort of move geographically and perhaps temporally you are leaving pieces of yourself or leaving your past not life but like parts of yourself your your identities along the way so there was this little girl who grew up in Korea until she was, you know, 12 or whatever. And then she left. And when she left, she left that person behind. And then there was the young woman who was at the, um, the writer's colony in Montauk. Uh, and she was someone there. And this was a, this was a woman who decided to stop talking to her, you know, this person she connected with on Skype I think she and him and the three of us are the only five people who still use Skype. So um, no we have that limit. in common. Yeah, no time limit. Um, and I think I found that very interesting. I don't know if I, I, I necessarily like buy into it from like a, on a personal aspect. I mean, I, I, I think the idea that we're sort of the summation of our past is kind of a hackneyed idea. And so I like this. I, I like this thought of sort of dying and rebirthing kind of in, into different iterations of ourselves. And um, I think that really, really made sense because she, when she's this sort of ambitious young writer, she wants to leave herself open for something. And I feel like that's a very common thing that I encountered personally, like in, in women in particular um, who, you know, wanted to, to rediscover themselves to sort of redefine who they were when they were younger and uh, explore themselves, explore Asia, you know? Um, but you know what I mean? Like, like, like I, I feel like that's a, it's, it's a, it's a good trait of women, but it's, 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 it's not something I think men explore a lot. This idea that like, I'm in this new space. I'm, I'm in the, I'm in a new um, kind of part of my life. And so I'm going to, you know, stop certain aspects of my life that that were in the past and i think i i found that very interesting and and she seems to have regrets like at the end i don't know i was we should talk about the ending at some point like the very yeah, very we'll, ending we'll get there i'm kind of curious there, um who nora was to hey sung and who hey sung was to nora cuz realistically there's 12 years apart between the times that they spoke and the last time uh it was for a relatively brief amount of time a few days they're obviously they represent something to each other that's bigger than just the relationship between the two of them is it for okay i'll, I'll give you an example of what i think it may be or just whatever like to hey to 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 nora hey sung represents maybe the past or the life she left behind in Korea and what could have been there. And I think to Hey Sung, Nora represents 
a romanticism and a love that he he can idealize but maybe you know could never be real yeah i think that makes sense i mean there's a couple instances in the movie where um you see that from nora and what i kind of liked is that you know it's easy for an immigrant story to kind of focus on this like how does this person adapt to america like how do like how does their past influence who they become and here it's there there is the question of identity and her like trying to understand that but it's really about like her saying or cutting off their skype chat saying like look we shouldn't talk because i need to focus on like my life here and who i'm going to be here uh and you are a reminder of of korea like you said jeremy and then again later on in the movie when he is there to visit and she's talking to her husband she's like oh yeah he's doing that that's so korean that's so korean that's so korean and like this is just like Mm -hmm. reminding her of like this life that she used to have and on the flip side yeah you have hey sung who like had this crush that went away and now it's whatever he wants it to be and he wants it to go on forever because it was like inherently nothing wrong with it it was pure and you know i think you see that from him throughout the movie um so yeah i think you're spot on with what like what they mean to each other and while it's different things it's all tied to this you know one time in their life yeah um i mean it's interesting i wrote down you said like that she she cuts off the relationship via skype or the the long distance relationship because she wants to focus on her life now in new york and what she's going to become which is totally understandable um but it's also kind of the exact and this this will transition a little bit towards the ending and towards the husband thing which i think is gonna we really need to talk about um but when they meet up when he visits new york for those few days i feel like she does the exact opposite she stops her life now in New York and to take the time to almost play pretend of what could have happened if she was in Korea. So I think that's a typical woman can't make up a mind. Uh, No, but that's an interesting dichotomy. Um, I will say that uh, as much as I like this film, um, I, I did not find myself like totally, um, understanding or even knowing these characters very well. Um, I understood the concept, um, especially the one, the sort of past lives. I forget the Korean translation for it. Is it but in, the, in you? Is in that you, right? yeah. In you. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, and, <laughs> uh, you know, I, and I, and I love that part of it, but I, I, I don't think I know these despite spending an entire movie with them, I didn't really get a great sense of who they were as characters. Mm. Um, maybe her a little bit more than him, but um, in sort of a reverse um, gender role here, like the, the, the love interest man is not very well developed. I just, I like, I feel like I didn't know him or what, who he was like, you don't, he's like studying engineering at the end or he's in it. Like, like you don't, I don't feel like I understand either of these characters very well. And I think that to me, um, 
I had trouble understanding the question you just asked me, Jer- or asked, just asked us, Jeremy, because uh, um, because I just I, I don't know I didn't feel like this movie developed them very well in a weird way. That isn't to say I didn't enjoy watching them or or I liked the writing and I, I I very much did, but I I just did not feel like these two characters. I I just didn't understand them. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Well, I definitely agree with you on Hey Sung's character. I think it was it was very thin, very one note, and I think. Uh, while he had his moments, Teo Yu, who played him, wasn't really my was far from my favorite performance in this movie. I thought he was maybe fine, but not great. Um, Greta Lee, who plays Nora, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I felt like I did get to know her better. I thought her performance was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might just be that. It could just be that one of these performances was much better than the other and you were able to connect to it. Um, you also spend a significantly more time with Nora. It is her story. Yes. Um, so you do get to know her better. And and I, I would say that, you know, maybe if I didn't connect totally with each character individually, I connected with their relationship, which might have just been more important. I mean, I, di- I disagree with you, Jathan. I, I thought the performance by, by Tae Yu, um, who played... Uh, What's his name? Haesung. Haesung, thank you. Um, was actually re- I don't know why I, I understood it. I could relate, not relate to it, but I, 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 I just I sort of got him, and he was like hmm. a weird sort of sad sack without really being a sad sack. It was like more of a like I'm relegated to being semi miserable, but I know there's something better out there for me. Maybe possibly I'm just gonna see if I can get a glimpse of it. Um. I don't know. I thought he was good. Uh, I thought Greta Lee was really good. I totally, I totally bought these as really three dimensional characters. Um, I almost didn't buy it. The one thing I had a trouble buying was like what Greta Lee sort of saw in Hey Sung um, to make her as a person, not as a concept. Um, but that was that you know I, I i could get there i could get there i also but really do you mean like romantically i don't romantically think she, i don't you, think she did see anything in him right? i don't know like that well, i that's think she great... maybe romanticized like korea and but that's the great think... thing about this movie and again we're gonna get to spoilers here but this you know <laughs> their relationship never i guess turned romantic it was always the the uh, allure or alluding to a romance that was there and how appropriate that was in terms of once Greta Lee was married, then that we can sort of talk about because um, she, she, her husband um, played by John Magaro, who was, I think in Fixie Nominee. Yeah, uh, for what? Uh, First, First cow. cow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was great. Um, that's that's the part I find the most interesting. Also, the part I find most uncomfortable and hard to navigate as somebody watching this was that sort of three way relationship that had to happen for this movie to get to its. Uh, conclusion and I especially at the scene at the bar oh my god I 
like, I mean, this just goes to show you about maybe good writing, good filmmaking, but I was as uncomfortable as I've been watching something in a long, long time. Mm. Um, so that's interesting. Did you, did you buy what she was saying to him in the bathroom about the guy about Hey soon? I think she was like when she's, she, he's asking, he's asking her about him kind of Mm -hmm. prodding her in the male way Well, she does she does say i was like she goes i don't think i'm attracted to him or i don't think but i'm not really or like like they both kind of know what's they're trying to ask and say she's referencing things in that discussion that we don't really notice in their interaction together like she's saying oh he's sort of masculine in this korean way and he's kind of um he's uh he's attractive in a korean way and like i i I don't know i mean maybe you have to be korean or korean american to understand that but i i didn't see like she never said oh you're so korean or something like you know there was no indication that that was part of their interaction and so when she was saying that to me like in retrospect it feels as if that was a little bit of a, a blow off to her husband that in fact she maybe she did actually like him um for sure i think that's what it was supposed to indicate that she was trying to blow him off without fully lying to him and, so, and or having dude. an affair. But then there's a scene right after that I think really saves the rela- the the relationship in terms of the relationship in the movie, not their actual marriage, where they're lying in bed and they t- they're talking about like he sort of opens up to what he sees in her and what his worries are and like. That scene after that scene, I was like, okay, this, this feels, this feels like it's aired out, like the grievances are aired out. But then it goes right back to the very, very uncomfortable nature of going out with another man and spending the day with them, and the uh, the bar scene, which they were just talking to each other in Korean, as he has to just sort of sit there and not know what they're saying and kind of take it. And I, you know, that was the part that I was like, woof, this is uncomfortable. I I didn't find that stuff really all that uncomfortable. Like I I didn't either. I thought, and I, I interpreted that scene in the bathroom differently. I think you're supposed to find it uncomfortable and uncomfortable for him. Maybe, but like, so the scene in the bathroom, I interpreted, I mentioned it a little bit earlier that, you know, those questions while in the context of the scene, are there to be like, you know, the husband's like, hey, what's going on? Do you find him attractive? Like feeling a little jealous. But that that in many ways to me was just kind of like a MacGuffin of sorts to get the point across that like every all of her answers are like, yeah, he's handsome in a Korean way. I find him attractive in a Korean way. His behavior is so Korean. It's all about her longing for Korea. Like that's what he represents to her. And so that's how I interpreted that scene. And right, like, but then I guess in the very next it's... scene, he talks about how he doesn't know anything about her Korean side. He can't speak the language. She dreams in Korean, and he feels like there's a whole aspect of her that's Yeah, because lost. she's ignored it for years. She shut it off when she discontinued right. their chat. But then she was saying like, this... that this guy's Korean, I, th- I, I kind of feel like the husband was like, uh, it almost made it worse because there's another whole aspect of it. Right, you, and I think you can like in, in, incorporate the jealous husband aspect. I just don't think it's entirely important. I just think it's there to like move this idea forward that she has ignored this whole Korean aspect of her life for all these years purposely, 
And now that Hey Sung is back in her life and there, she's reminiscing and missing it. And he represents that. And so she wants to spend all this time with him. She wants to speak Korean to him in the bar and talk about things that are in Korean. And like her husband, while she loves him, is not important at that moment. Like this is about her past life to borrow the title of the movie. Like that's how I interpreted it. I didn't find it particularly awkward. I think it's like clearly uncomfortable for John Magaro's character to just be sitting there. But like, I also think he's really good at doing that, like awkward sit there and like, I don't understand what you're saying. And then like <clears throat> when they tell him, he like responds nicely. And then he says something really nice to, uh, Hey Sung when she leaves the, leaves yeah. the bar. I honestly thought there was a moment where I was like, this would be amazing. Like, it, it's amazing better threesome. No, I was just yeah. make the same joke. I'm an a- amazing menage. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's probably better the way it went. But like, there's a moment where I was like, imagine if they were just talking, and then all of a sudden, out of the the left side of the frame, he just comes across and stabs the guy in the neck in the there's bar. A different movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's hey, like a goes... totally different movie, a totally different ending. He's like, hey, now this goes... is your past life. Go make me some oily cakes, you fuck. <laughs> Um, I actually interpreted that. So I, I did not feel the awkwardness of the bar scene. I actually thought it was really quite nice. Um, like there's this, you know, there's this acknowledgement in John McGarrow's character that like, and I think it speaks to this, the idea of past lives. I don't think it, not necessarily reincarnation, but this idea that like, this is, this is someone she used to be. And this is someone who she used to have these strong feelings for and represents this other other person, this other part of her life, this other life that she had. And as awkward as it is for him to sit there and drink his scotch while they're speaking in Korean, he understands one of every four words. You know, he's he's glad he gets to I think he was genuine when he said, I'm really glad you got to come and see her yeah, me and too. visit. I also and think, I think that it's, that's it's just like opening. an acknowledge. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lee. Just well, interrupt me. God, you don't like it when I do that. The opening, the very opening scene when you have the two off-screen characters saying like, right, which who, I love. Who are they? Yeah, I yeah. think that helps that scene even more because now we're like getting a glimpse of it um, from a different perspective. Yeah, so people know the movie opens with this bar scene and we don't know who these characters are and we hear characters off-screen uh, off off, yeah. off say, hey, I wonder what their their relationship is, which is a very smart way to start it and then we we end up back there at the end. Um, okay. Do you guys do that? I, I, I find myself doing that a lot. Lydia Maybe loves that's... to do it. Yeah, like yeah, loves I it. feel I feel like girls love that game. And then and then you know there was a there was about eighteen months there when I went on about seventy five first dates and I had a little more sympathy for <laughs> those people. <laughs> um, but yeah, got, I mean that was a really I think poignant, nice moment, and um, you certainly like reflect back on that. But uh, ultimately, I don't know, guys. Um, this movie is like, you know, we used to talk about it a lot. I think mostly because of me, but this movie, this is a small movie, small, small ambitions, small production value, et cetera. So did it kind of break the, did it break through for you guys? Is this going to be a, what do you think as our first fixed contender of? Yeah. I, um, I 100%. I really I, liked it. Yeah. I thought this movie was lovely. Um, 
I think it was a great screenplay. Um, the direction, mm-hmm. the, the direction was fine. I mean, it was it, it. It reminded me a lot in its subtleties of Lost in Translation. To be oh, honest. that's so funny. I started. I literally oh, turned on Lost in Translation after I watched this. Yeah, I had the same thought. It just the in the like. Maybe it's just the you know the I mean, him and her some, thing yeah. where the, nothing really happens and we don't really know. Um, but as far as the direction and the the filmmaking, it's very simple. Like it's it's quiet, even still, um, which works as long as the screenplay is good, which I think it is really good. The structure of it, um, yeah. So, so I mean, I think where the filmmaking stands out. Is not so, or the direction I should say stands out is not so much in the filmmaking, which is simple, but kind of in the decision making in terms of like how scenes play out, how they're cut, um, you know, how to do the scenes of them just talking over Skype, how that's put together. Um, I think in particular the um, kind of penult- penultimate scene when they're just standing and he's getting in the Uber and it's just kind of a still shot held on them. I just think, like, for whatever reason, just, like, that kind of blue wall behind them, like, really just aesthetically, like, looked really nice. And I think the decision to just, like, have them hug, where we have that kind of moment where is in all these movies and, like, we kind of hope one thing happens, but, like, we also wouldn't be mad if something else did. And, like, also we'd be kind of annoyed if it did. And, like, you know, they hug and that's the right choice. I think, like, the decision-making was good for the and most so, part. And then you get so to the scene So you're talking about the that. ending, right? So, yes, there's kind of two parts of that ending. There's the scene when he's getting hey, in the Uber and hey they just kind of leaves. Yeah, they're just kind of standing there silently, which I, you, I loved. Yeah, because there's a real, like, are they going to kiss? Are they not going to kiss? Right. There's moment. that tension, but there's also just this very palpable, like, goodbye happening that I, I just found really moving. Um, that's followed up by her walking down the street and kind of falling into her husband's arms and crying. And like that decision didn't register with me quite as much. Like the, the fact that she started sobbing. Yeah. I thought they were going to kiss. I thought it was going to be a no kiss here, kiss there. Sort of. I just thought that they were going to just like walk in the house and like get back to their life. Like I didn't, I didn't find the story that we just watched to be as emotionally taxing on Nora as her crying at the end suggests that it was. Oh, yeah, so I, what does that what does that mean? Let's talk about what that means. I mean, I did. I thought I I thought it was warranted at least. I mean, it's like the same weirdly as Lost in Translation. Doesn't Scarlett Johansson like cry at the end of that? I mean, they barely knew each other for 3 days. I think, you know, I think what it represents is him that part of her life just leave, leaving forever. Right. Um, so I think I I think it justifies that, and I really really liked the concept of because the whole movie is based on the concept of what I, I don't what's that thing called Lee um, in in Yoon yeah where like everyone sort of you know if you had a connection with anyone it, you know it it means like <laughs> <laughs> all right what's it happening. Doesn't... Dave doesn't let me get through yeah, it. Is he paying attention? He just has to chug his beer. Um, I'm paying attention. Anyhow, what was I saying? Jesus. So it ends basically with saying that this is part of a past life that they'll 
maybe see each other in a future life, which I like like the concept of that. I do too. They're kind of joking though. I think that they're, they, and they, and they have that moment uh, in the bar when they're talking in Korean where they, where they joke about, Oh, maybe we were two illicit lovers. You were, you were a queen and I was the King's um, henchman and, and we had an illicit love affair or we were, there was a political marriage and we hated each other and cheated on each other all the time. And, um, I, I don't get the sense that these two believe in, in this concept, like religiously. Yeah. Um, I and I, and I, and I, 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 I would imagine that Celine song finds this concept applicable to one's, you know, own life, like a, a single life. Like, I think what, what Nora says is she, she leaves these different lives behind as she, as she moves through time and space. And because of that, like, you know, like this idea of like identities connecting, you know, two identities connecting at at one point in time and space and then them separating and then finding each other over the internet. And like this, I think there, there is this sort of like temporal and, 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 you know, physical kind of, togetherness and then separation and and that i think she's sort of applying this almost religious uh concept to a very like understandable single life like you know young people i don't know if i'm making any sense no you are i mean she even the movie even so nora when we first hear of this in yoon philosophy like She's explaining it to John Magaro's character when they first met, kind of as like a, like this is something Koreans believe. Not that like right. this is how my life is going. Like she just introduces that idea, and then that is sprinkled, like that that idea, that concept, that philosophy is sprinkled in throughout this movie, and we kind of see how what is happening in these two characters' lives has a you know relationship to that idea. So you can say like, okay, that's that's true that's a real thing or you can say like you know this is a coincidence but i think just having that idea it's like another layer to the screenplay that i think is smart to kind of add this cultural element that's so important um and i also i also think the editing is really well done in terms of highlighting that like there are these very quick cuts a lot of times in particular the one i, I left this out about that final scene when they're saying goodbye, it's a very quick cut to that shot of them s- saying goodbye when they were kids. Um, and that happens a couple times. There's some quick cut to them like playing as kids. And like, I think the intensity and of those, of those cuts, you know, kind of, it's like a blink, right? To a past life. And those relationships that you left pieces of and that Inyun concept is there throughout. Yeah, I think that's that's well put. Um, and it also, like you said, it, it goes to the power of the screenplay. Um, but uh, acting, what did you guys have? I, I know we touched on it a little bit. Um, I mean, there's really three performances in this. I thought Greta Lee was yeah. fantastic. Um, I did not think Tao Yu was great. Um, I thought he had... Do you think he, he was bad? 
Are you like where where are you landing? I don't think there? he was bad. I think he actually had a handful of very good moments actually. Um, but I think in general, like I just kind of struggled with his like this kind of one note like performance, like a little kind of lost. And I know you can make the argument that it's a little intentional, like especially when he comes to America, he's out yeah. of his element and stuff. But I don't know. I, I didn't love his performance. Um, and John McGarrow, I thought was was good. I mean, I I don't think that that was anything standout, but he was definitely that's good. a that's a tough role to make to elevate. I right. think. Um, but I think he does, does a great mm, job. That's a, that's a, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I liked all these performances. I, I don't see, you know, I, maybe Greta Lee could be, we could be talking about her come fixie season. Um, but all right, I'll let you guys, anything else you want to add? Anything I'm missing here before we, um, we start wrapping it up. Well, we're only at 36 minutes. Can't we talk I mean, about something else? I I like stories like this. Um, you know, I know we kind of opened it talking a little bit about this in terms of like the sliding door nature, the kind of looking back at your past nature. But I think just like the utilization of a like a platonic relationship to introduce all these ideas about your life and the direction it took and whether or not you have regrets, whether or not you're happy with the way it went, what you change. Like, I, I just think it's a very, you know, efficient and smart way to tell a story. And I found I, I really found this movie to be very moving. Chapin, I feel I, I feel like you don't like it as much as me and Lee. I, I, I think that's Are you still processing accurate. it? Are you still no, processing it? Yeah, I mean, I, did, I finished it like, you know, about five minutes before we started the podcast. Um. No, I mean, I think I am. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the filmmaking. I love the script. I think the concepts are so good. You know, like, I I need, I think I just need a little bit of a higher bar directorially for me to fall in love with this film. And I think, um, you know, like like that style of that slow sort of, step back hands off kind of you know as if we're looking at this through a window you know it's been done and and um well everything's been done no i know that i know that i just i i feel like um i mean you know celine song is not a i wouldn't call her a korean filmmaker she's obviously like canadian or american but like you know this is a movie that's you know almost entirely and almost i mean it's i actually love that about the language like it it, this is not a a movie in the korean language this is not a movie in the english language it's it's both it feels very international that way which i loved and i think is so cool um as a side note i was watching i bought the blu-ray i bought a couple i bought two uh tarantino blu-rays or sorry 4k blu-rays the other day because I, i i realized that you know i didn't have enough editions of uh Inglorious Bastards and Pulp Fiction, but I bought them and I was watching Inglorious Bastards and that movie feels very much like, you know, I think like most of it is not in English, which you don't really think of, but I love, I love that about this film that it's in these two languages. Um, but I, I, I just think like, I just, I just wanted a little bit more from her directorially, I think, um, innovate a little bit, do, do something a little avant-garde, um, 
I think this movie is great, and I, and I think the, the I think the style works for what she's trying to say and what she's trying to do, um, but I doubt she's going to get a nomination for me for directing because for that reason, um, probably writing because I think this is a very well written movie. I, I'll tell you where I agree with you. Um, I think while watching this movie, the style of it actually works quite nicely because it does allow yes. the characters to be you know uh, front and center. And allows you to be kind of moved by their story. Um, in the days since I've watched this, which has been only three, I it's I you know sometimes we say like I'm already forgetting or it's fading, and it's not that necessarily. But what you're talking about from the direction or lack thereof is what is going to factor in, you know, three four months from now when we're you know thinking about the fixies, and I'm saying like, and and I'm trying to remember this movie, like what's there that stood out. And I think especially, and again, it's not comparing apples to apples for the reasons you just cited, but like we're looking at some of these Korean movies of past handful of years and like how innovative they are. Um, Decision to leave comes to mind from last year. And like the filmmaking in that was so cool and like so memorable and bold. Yeah. And like, that was something that even now I'm thinking about like, okay, like, how did that whole story play out? And I remember it, but really like shots of eyeballs and like the way that the camera moved in that behind an eyeball. (laughs) Yeah. is so memorable. And like, you don't have that here. So I agree with you. I don't think that Celine song will get a director nomination for me. Not because like she did a bad job. I just think that like what our expectation of for those five nominees is, is slightly different. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a more competitive category for, right. For sure. And that doesn't mean you have to be bold and take chances and do all sorts of fancy stuff. But I think her choice here was a simple one. And I think that that worked for the two hours I was watching this movie for sure. Yeah. I think um, it, it works for the story that she's telling. Um, to- I totally, I totally agree. I just mean, I, I felt like this movie could be like 15 minutes shorter. Um, or ten minutes shorter. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm happy with it. I'm not. I don't want to sit here and critique a, a movie that's just has fine direction. But this is this is a year, and maybe we can tra- transition a little bit. This is a year where we have yet to see a movie by Martin Scorsese, David Fincher, Ridley Scott. Who else am I missing? There's some big ones. Yorgos, Yorgos Lanthimos. Villeneuve uh, got moved. So that, but yeah, no, no, Denny. Um, this is there's some I'm missing, I think. But uh, Sofia Coppola. Sofia Coppola. I mean, there's just like some big, big directors, especially for us, are releasing Bradley some movies Cooper. this year. Michael Mann. <laughs> Michael Mann, of course. Ferrari, yes. Um, Alexander Payne. <laughs> that movie doesn't look that great, though. It does not, but I do like Alexander. It has has a uh, 83 on Metacritic already, but oh. I think that's just the Alexander Payne 83. Um. Yeah, you're right, Chapin. It's a lot of heavy hitters. Um, and it's a year that already had a Christopher Nolan movie. Well, are you guys sort of happy with this as the uh, sort of kickoff to Fixies? I think it's a yeah, pretty... Yeah, it got me really excited. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't wait to I see love, what I mean, I love this. I love, I love when we're able to <clears throat> watch these movies in different languages. Like, I, I'm so excited by that. I, I don't know why. Like, I... It just it just feels like we're we're doing the work, you know, because <laughs> we're reading. 
Yeah. Because we're reading, because I can't be on my phone while I'm watching this movie. Uh, basically, it's like you can check off a book read. Well, speaking yeah. of checking things off, guys, God. Oh, yeah, let's get it on the spreadsheet. Oh, Open so satisfying. There. Yeah, well, I don't know why I goes don't do it the second the movie ends. Sometimes if it's not a great movie, I'm checking it off like with about 25 minutes left to go. See, I can't do that. I have to, I have to finish yeah, you it. Got, you got, you, the, cre- the credits need to roll for yeah. Jeremy and I. To... Yeah. We're purists, though. Yeah, those those days when I like... Um, no no wonder you know, Lee like, sees 25 more movies than us because well, he didn't, doesn't watch them all. He just turns it do. on. Come like January when things get slow for work and I'm watching like three movies uh. a day or something. Jeremy, like, do you want me to check it for you? I start checking all these movies no, I'll off. I'll do it. I'll do it right now. Oh, go blue. Go blue, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, do it. Jeremy. Oh, no. <laughs> he's not even. Wait, no, an, not Anatomy even. of a Fall. Uh, that should be our next movie. I think it comes out next week. Well, Killers is coming out next. I really want to see that. Oh, right. Killers of the Fall. Yeah, and yeah, Anatomy yeah. of Fall, I think, has got That's a pretty cool. limited. Come release. on, Jeremy. Oh, there it goes. Do it. This is great podcasting. Do it. This it's is not, why we have so many listeners. It's literally not working. Oh, God, just, what is with your... There we go. There it is. Blue. Next blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what, are you, what are we trying to see next? That's Killers. the big question. Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, who's, directing the Flower Moon? Friday. who's directing Who's directing that? that? Uh... Martin's guys, it's uh, only two hundred and six minutes. <laughs> For All right, so don't what, drink is that? any three hours water. And, three hours and twenty six minutes. Promise is I have to have dinner before the movie, and then I do, and then I have a couple of beers, and then I gotta go see it again. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna start it on Friday, and we'll. we'll well, it'll well, be on. Wanna... It'll be on Apple to revisit. So, oh yeah. How long after? A couple weeks, probably. Yeah, well, we, we don't. We don't got time for that. But we got to see this in the theater. <laughs> a two hundred and fifty million dollar Mars Corsese film starring Leo DiCaprio is going to be on Apple TV Plus in two weeks. <laughs> Leo also plays J. Edgar Hoover in this too. They just like Scorsese just took the footage from Eastwood's right. movie. He, he's he like, aged him. He's well, just there, like, there, I'll there, do there it was, better. There, yeah, there wasn't any extra footage because, of course, they only just shoot what they need in that movie. So, yeah, that came out real well. Uh, all right. All right. We're done. We're going to wrap it up for this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. Remember, it's fixy season. Um, Let us know what you you want us to see. Did you see a movie already in 2023 that we missed that you'd like to be considered for uh, a fixie? Let us know. Yeah, I mean, I think I've already got my fixie pick in. You make we do more than one pick, Chapin, for the fixies. Chapin just comes to the fixies just with one movie. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Is he attractive? I think so. He's really masculine in this way that I think is so Korean. Are you attracted to him? 
I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. He was just this kid in my head for such a long time. And then he was just this image on my laptop. And now he is a physical person. It's really intense, but I don't think that that's attraction. I think I just missed him a lot. I think I miss soul. Did he miss you? I think he missed the 12 year old crybaby he knew a long time ago. You were a crybaby? Yeah. Most of the time, he'd have to just stand there and watch me. 